Hello again and welcome to my podcast. You're listening to me, Lee Bestall, also known as The Northern Designer. In my series of podcasts, I'll be chatting with industry professionals from all aspects of the design world, focusing in on plants wherever I can. Today, I'm once again joined by the fabulous horticulturalist Dawn Roberts, and today we'll be talking about poisonous plants and freaky fungus. Now, before we start talking about that, Dawn, last time we had loads of people write in and say, we need Dawn back on this programme because you were a really amazing guest. I, I, we had such good fun and I think that really came across. But what they said was, we don't know anything about Dawn. You didn't tell us who she was or what she does. So can you just give us a, a brief introduction um, of what you do and kind of what makes you tick? Oh, hi, Lee. It's, thank you for having me back. And that's really nice that people have said that. That makes me feel quite special. Bless. Sure. <laughs> um, well, um, so I'm working in horticulture. I've been working in horticulture for the last 19 years in a, a local garden centre. Um, I've always liked gardening. I used to go to the allotments with my dad. That's how it first started. Um, I used to spend my pocket money on daffodil bulbs and things like that as a very small child and uh, and things like that. I was, I was brought up around horticulture with so my dad and my sister liked gardening, my brothers. So it's always been in my blood. Um, and then I went to a, a factory to make ladies' underwear. Okay. And, and then I got made redundant from there and thought... Did that right, have a botanical theme? Uh, not really, no. Like, I went like from nettle prints. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to no. get onto that later, aren't we? <laughs> not at all. So I, I went from pants to plants. Um, oh. So when I got made redundant, I thought, right, this is it. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have a different career and do something I actually enjoy, it. and I love it. I wouldn't do anything else. Love the outdoors. Love plants. Yeah. So lots of people who come into our industry, it's kind of a second career for them because they discover that they love gardening as a as a first kind of passion and as a hobby. And then the transition into planting. And I suppose you're saying that you're you're no different. You know, you came into this as a second career. Yeah, after yeah, what I did. been doing before. Um, always doing it as a hobby. When I got my first home, obviously, my mother, he doesn't really like gardening. So I was delighted because I got to do everything in the garden. So it went from a hobby and then, like I say, got made redundant. <clears throat> excuse me. So then went on to do it as, as a, a career. And because I enjoyed it so much, I thought, right, why don't we learn the Latin names and go to college and learn about what you should be doing? And that's what I did. And honestly, I love it. I wouldn't I wouldn't have any any other way now. Yeah. What's what are your favorite like two plants? What is like absolute must haves? Wow. Absolutely. Indoors or outdoors? Uh, Well, let's choose one. Well, we did indoor plants last time. Let's go outdoor plants. Your two favorite must have outdoor plants. Um, For an outdoor plant, I think one would would be it would be a tree. It would have to be a tree in any garden. I think it's nice to have a tree of some sort, whether it be a big tree or little tree. They are really good for the environment and they they bring a lot of joy. So I would say one of the flowering cherries. I can't pin down any particular one because I love them all. Um, Although the cerulea is nice because the bark. So definitely a tree. And then crikey, I think it would have to be salvias just because there's oh, right. so much variation. I love them all. Um, Amistad, black and bloom with the dark black stems and the blue flowers. So for me, it would have to be a tree and a salvia. Okay. What's your soil like at home? Is it? It's sandy, very oh, sandy. Okay. Yeah, I do incorporate um, compost and things every spring. And I've been there 15 years. So it's, it's starting to become really nice, yeah. uh, doable soil. Grow good carrots in there. Oh, <laughs> good sandy soil. But yeah. Yeah, it's okay now. We, so many of our projects are clay and you literally yeah. salvias. I think we can grow like Caradonna and East Friesland. Yeah, That's yeah. kind of, you know, but they do do really well in both soils. They maybe put on a bit more growth in a clay yeah, soil because yeah. of the moisture. But there's literally salvia for every conditioned soil. Every, every, there's so many. It's a huge family. 
really, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I would recommend growing at least one salvia in your garden. Right, okay. So that's that's kind of, that takes us from a beautiful, lovely smelling plant, which actually you can also use a herb, can't you? Some salvia sage yeah. is a, is yeah. a, is a yeah, herb that you can use. Yeah, it's definitely sage And that leads us nicely on to the poisonous and oh, wow. toxic kind of plants. So. Okay. What's first on our list of poisonous plants? Okay, Lee, uh, I thought I'd start with a, a, a funky fungus, really. Bear okay. in mind, we did we wrote this originally for it to be a Halloween special, so I do apologise the content And then you went is. and got COVID. And then I decided, hey, <laughs> let's have COVID, why not? So I was going to start with one. Um, have you? I don't know if you've heard of Salem's Witch Trials. Have you heard uh, of that, Lee? No, no, no. So I'll take you back to Massachusetts in, in the winter of 1691. And uh, in in the town of Salem... Uh, young girls and and women, mainly young girls and women, started coming down with hallucinations and vomiting and chanting, basically showing signs of being possessed by the devil. People what? was people was thinking it was witchcraft, and they're doing right. all sorts of things, and then they'd get blisters and gangrene, and then die. It was horrendous, and this wow. happened all through the town and in all parts of Europe. I think it's something like 50,000 people died of, the, wow. of this. And they put it down to witchcraft. And 19 people was accused of practicing witchcraft and sent to the gallows. <sighs> After this, um, it had a, a quite a reputation in Salem, Salem's Lot. And Stephen King wrote a novel, I think it was in 1975, called Salem's Lot. I don't know if you've right, heard of that. Right. And then went on to make a film um, in 1979 called Salem's Lot. But instead of using witches, they used vampires. Okay. I watched it when I babysat and I will, that's another story. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I sat there watching the kids with, with a bread knife. We were doing a bread knife. It was horrendous. And basically 300 years later, researchers thought, well, what is this? There isn't witchcraft. So let's look into it. Let's see what it is. So they looked at weather records and crop reports and the girl's symptoms. And then they, they figured out it was actually something called ergotism, which is a... a a blood poisoning from fungus. Wow. Fungus, this fungus ergot, it affects wheat, barley, rye. What it does, it mimics the flower of the wheat and rye. So the the corn, <coughs> excuse me, the grain doesn't abort it because it's mimicking itself. So it allows it to grow on it. Right. The corn and the wheat and the rye were harvested, made into bread. The villagers were eat, mm -hmm. eating the bread. And basically, those getting ergotism, which is this poisoning, causing itchiness to the skin. They call it Saint Anthony's fire because people are running around the villages, like doing weird dances. Right. Um, so seemingly looking <clears> like <throat> they were possessed. Absolutely, because there was hallucinating and ranting wow. and things. It was horrendous. Um, so then they looked further into it, and they definitely thought, looking around Europe and these fifty thousand people dying, it was ergotism. And then later on, um, there's the Swedish um, scientist Albert Hoffman. I don't know if you've heard of him. He did tests on this ergot and he extracted something from it, which actually they make LSD out of. Really? I don't know if you've heard of this LSD. And basically the poor people are having LSD trips. They're wow. tripping. So that's why they're hallucinating. Instead of being added a spell over them by witches, yeah. they were having trips, wow. poor people. So they, they, they were dying, bless them, from this. Um, and as far as I'm aware, we don't, to this day, have grain that is free from uh, egotism, but what farmers do, they put them in big mechanical sieves that shake the seed, and and it, it, it ergot that's on there drops. Um, so they oh. sieve it out in. in wow. And I think I might be wrong. Somebody, the viewers might know better. But I think in some countries they they put the grain through salt solution as well to kill the oh, ergot right. as well. But the last um, infection caused by this fungus was in uh, Manchester in this country, 
and I think it was in the 1920s. It wasn't, recent, the extreme, then, really. yeah, it wasn't to the extreme. Yeah, it wasn't to the extreme. I mean, nobody was sent to the gallows or, or drowned as we <laughs> as witches, thank God. But yes, yeah, so I was as 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 way back as 1920 was the last one. Yeah, right. but the symptoms was awful. Like I say, the vomiting, diarrhea, itchy skin, blisters, hallucinating, absolutely horrendous. And the poor people that that were also suffering was sent to the gallows. So. Yeah. So that's, and that's all down one, to a freaky fungus. A freaky fungus, yeah, yeah. And like I say, I actually watched this. For, I was babysitting for my brother uh, because mum and dad lived next door. I'd, and they didn't want me to babysit because I wasn't very old, but I plagued them, please, mum, please let me babysit. Eventually gave in. And the, my nephews and niece were asleep on the sofa and I'm sat there watching this film as a, as a child with a, a bread knife. <laughs> and well, you a, had the bread I knife. I got right? the bread knife. <laughs> yeah, the kids were asleep because it was dark. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm watching this film with David Soling called Salem's Lot. And uh, my brother had said, the dog's been a walk, Peggy. She's a lovely dog. But let her out at some point on the back garden. So I let her out, can, continued watching the film, and it was lashing it down. And I'd forgotten about poor Peggy. <laughs> Absolutely forgotten. And viewers, anybody who's seen the film, in, in part of the film, uh, there's this uh, small boy. Is in, The vampires bite him. Yeah. He's a vampire. And he floats up to this guy's bedroom window. There's mist around him. And he scratches with his nails on the window. You couldn't, the timing of Peggy jumping over the back gate, ran round to the front door and jumped up the glass door. You can imagine the timing. Honestly, you couldn't write it. I screamed so loud. Only, only Cocker Spaniels could hear me. Mum and Dad come running around banging on the door, the door and I'm screaming, no Salem's lots outside. Anyway, uh, I wasn't allowed to babysit anymore because uh, the poor kids were frightened to death. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool story. What I want to know, though, is did you spend that pocket money on plants or sweets? Do you know what? I didn't even ask for it. I ran round and I was so <laughs> frightened. Forgot. Yeah, my brother's called me for it and Charlie after that. I was, mum says, I told you I didn't want you to babysit. You know, I wasn't very old and oh. traumatised by this blooming film, Salem's oh. Lot. But yeah, so that's a fungus. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any other freaky funguses? Uh, yes, if you want me to flick to the next one. I'm sorry, folks. I'm doing these. I wrote these notes, like I say, over a month ago for um, Halloween, but um, obviously I've been ill. So the next one we call zombie fungus. Okay. I've is that its actual name? A common name. Just, it's, yeah, okay. yeah Ophiocardioceps. I don't know if it's in this country, but I do know it's in the Brazilian rainforest. So if you go walking through the Brazilian rainforest and you see a leaf 25 centimetres up from the ground mm. at a funny angle, no higher, no lower. It's an ant, and it's crawled up the plant. Fungus has um, infected the ant, and it's it's told the ant, you climb up this plant, 25 centimetres, stop. What? Because... what hang on a minute. So <clears throat> the, the, the ant is basically possessed Yeah, it's infected by the, by the fungus, and the fungus is sending signals to the ant's brain saying, you want to go <gasps> to this plant, you want to walk 25 centimetres, stop. Cling on as tight as you can to the midrib of the leaf. Yeah. Because 25 centimetres from the Brazilian rainforest is the ideal temperature and humidity for fungus to thrive. Oh. How it knows this, God only knows, it's incredible. So then the, the ant freezes and basically the fungus has got inside the ant. It starts as a single cell. And once it's inside the ant's bloodstream, it starts multiplying. Whoa. It grows connection tubes that go all over the, the ant, yeah. <clears throat> through the cells, in the cells, around the cells of the ant's brain, but it doesn't infect the brain. So basically, it's taking over its brain, sending signals to it. So the ant yeah. knows it's fully aware of what's happening, but can't do anything about it. Whoa, that's it takes, freaky. It's amazing, isn't it? It takes over the ant's limbs. So it's almost like the fungus is snipping the ligaments <gasps> from the brain to the limbs. So the ant's aware, and it's, it knows it's moving, but it don't know. I don't want it to go with it. I don't want to cling onto this <laughs> leaf. You know, I want it to go in my nest and things. Whoa. And then once it's there... 
the ant just it gets the ants to freeze and then it grows this is really gross i'm sorry it was for halloween so i do apologize <clears throat> it grows through the ant's brain bursts out the top of its head mm. yeah grows it grows this sack of spores and then it just waits until it's it's the time to drop release the spores onto the ants underneath the ants Whoa. go back to their nest and it starts again the <gasps> process starts again one unfortunate ant or several will will get infected again run out find these plants 25 centimeters or isn't that incredible absolutely that incredible insane. so basically the ants in in the car yeah. in the driver's seat but the fungus has definitely got the wheel yeah that it's incredible and it can't do anything about it so but it knows the poor Ant is almost a prisoner in its own body. Yeah. It can't do anything about it. So we're that everything. Is scary. It is scary. This would have been good Halloween mm. stuff. Yeah, you can see where where film directors get these ideas from. For yeah, I don't think a film's been like made that. about that, has it? Like well, some I possessed ants. It I, would I be think, a good film. That I think next yeah. week we should uh, start yeah. and <laughs> start <laughs> writing one. Zombie warfare. And it's called a zombie. Zom is the zombie, zombie fungus. fungus. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> and like I say, that. I'm not aware if it's in this country, but uh, it is in the Brazilian rainforest. Yeah, isn't that incredible? That is amazing. There's other fungus as well. I mean, funguses are so important to us for breaking down dead wood and things. Also, we'd all be knee-eye or neck-eye to, yeah. to old tree stumps and things. So fungus is important in breaking down. But also in the insect and animal kingdom, <clears throat> they play this massive part. We'd be overrun with ants, wouldn't we, if, if yeah, yeah. something didn't kill them off. And anteaters can't eat the whole lot of them, <laughs> you know. So fungus does its part. And it's incredible. And there's one fungus that infects female flies. So... Um, it, the flies will go on a plant or something, the fungus will uh, infect the female. It eats her from inside out, but as it's doing so, so she's dead, bless her, on, on the <laughs> twig. And, and then it starts emitting um, odours that's attracted to the male flies. So the male flies zoom in on it and think, wow. Because fly flies there. like anything gross smelling, don't well, they, yeah, generally? Yeah, absolutely. So they zoom in on this uh, female fly, which is dead. And, and tries to mate with it, basically. And then the fungus affects the male. So it starts with the female, wow. gives off these scents saying, you know, I'm available. Yeah. And the male goes to mate with it, and then it affects the male. This would make an it's even freakier Netflix absolutely. series, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah, Stephen King must get onto this. We need to see something yeah. in the fungus world. Yeah. Wow, that's So I just mad. thought I'd do, I know it's plant-based, this this podcast, but I just want to throw a couple of fungus well, in. Well, no I freaky fungus, I think with. we've got that in the title, <clears throat> so we've covered the freaky fungus. Cool. So, yeah, da down, to, and I, I didn't know any of that. That is, that is, that is really interesting. It's cool getting facts like that. Um, and you tell the story so well as well. You're like, I'm there. I can feel like the, yeah. the kind of, I can see all that kind of happening oh, in a you, movie. You won't believe, be great. I mean... Uh, you and I, we both went, I don't know if you remember, quite a few years back, we went to this training course and they're showing you videos on insects and things. And you remember like, the one with the aphid, close up where they told you where it gets infected by a parasitic wasp and then it, it gives it like gangrene, I think it was, and pulls its body apart. Yeah. And, and the noises were in, they didn't even yeah, dump yeah, the noise yeah. and I was <laughs> thinking, oh <laughs> my God, it was horrendous, wasn't it? Yeah. So the, the plant and the... Uh, and animal kingdom is absolutely fantastic. It blows me away. So it blows away some poisonous plants. Because I think what you're going to talk about is some that we already <clears> kind <throat> of have heard of that are poisonous, but maybe people don't realise what part of the plant is poisonous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But give us give us some. Let's start off with something easy that people will have, have, have know about already. Okay, then. So I thought the next one I'd do foxglove, uh, you digitalis purpurea, known as fairy thimbles, uh, witches gloves, and dead man's bells. We all know foxgloves. They're so pretty growing woodland growth under the growth they look so pretty don't they seed yeah. themselves everywhere 
Um, in the language of flowers, it represents insincerity because um, it, has, it hides a, a dark, poisonous heart behind a pretty face. Mm. Um, people have wrote about it. Um, it's in Greek mythology. Uh, it contains toxic cardioglycosides. So although these are poisonous and they do harm to us, it's actually saved more people's lives than it's killed because of oh. medicine. So heart medicines are used from uh, digitalis. Um, anybody who's taking heart tablets will know with the name digit- digitins, I think it's called, or something yeah. like that. Um, and basically what it does, um, anyone who's got a heart condition, it slows their heart rhythm down right. to a normal rate. Anyone without a heart condition, so if you or I went and we thought, oh, foxglove, let's eat a couple of foxgloves, you know, and as our hearts do. are okay as you do. <laughs> we don't do advise that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would slow your heart rate down to such an extent that y- you would actually die. Oh, is so, that how it kills yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, oh. but it's not just by eating it. They can get through your skin, so you have to be careful. Always wash your hands if you're unsure about anything, or you should be doing anyway. Um, not that you go in nature and recommend um, picking foxgloves or anything. But just be aware if you touch anything, do always wash your hands because you could, if you like me, I'm always touching my face, rubbing my eyes yeah. and things. So always be aware of that. Because there's so many poisonous plants <clears> out <throat> there that, you know, we get a lot of clients who will say, I oh, don't want any poisonous plants um, in the garden. And they'll they'll say to us, I'm, I'm not kind of, uh, you know, I'm scared about children, grandchildren, dogs, things like that. But there are so many poisonous plants out in the wild yeah, that yeah. you just they're all around us aren't they all yeah, the time and absolutely. that's a key example yeah. of something that could kill you that is absolutely surrounded yeah, you know yeah, by that, most that's people. truly but it's just been careful it's been made aware as, as as a small age i think so parents with children go walk and enjoy the countryside it's there to be enjoyed but just be mindful mm. if your children wanted to touch things um generally rule of thumb if you were to try and eat something um poisonous usually they taste absolutely horrendous and Nine times out of ten, you'd spit them out because it tastes right. bitter, or or they give a, a burning sensation in your mouth, or tingling on your lips. But just be mindful because some can seep through your skin, um, so you have to be careful of that as well. But then you think when you go back to your own home, you think you're safe, your doors locked, and your children around they're safe, <laughs> and you think you've got bleach in your cupboard, yeah, you've got wash tabs, yeah. you, you carpet your curtains, everything gives off toxins. I'm not frightening people to death. I'm just saying don't be frightened to let your children go outside and enjoy the countryside. Yeah. Crack that's what, what it's yeah. about. Because the mental health benefits of that are more Absolutely important. outweigh everything else. Yeah. yeah. And it's same with fungus. Be mindful your children aren't touching fungus and things and, and trying to eat things. But you know, children are sensible, aren't they? I think they'd soon have a, a packet of Aribo with them. Something looks like a manky old mushroom on, yeah. the, on the grass. I well, don't know. when I was a child, I know which I would have gone for. Slugs. Um, <laughs> bless you. But yeah, so ingestion can cause nausea, headaches, skin irritation, diarrhea, severe poisoning, heart and kidney problems. Uh, but like I say, it is used in medicine, so it saved more lives than it's actually taken so right, i just thought okay. i'd hit on that one because foxglove is um a really common plant which i yeah. suppose everyone of us knows yeah 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 but i wanted to move on if it's okay with you i'm babbling on like good one. i do apologize for keep coughing and things i'm just still getting over covid and um, i'm negative everybody. <laughs> i just uh i just always look this dreadful so <laughs> <laughs> i thought you looked really christmasy today oh, but winter you. you got a good wintry vibe thank going you. on and i did brush my hair um, before i came out which is uh, as you know is not 
not like me, is it? Really? <laughs> but, <laughs> um, if it's okay with you, I want to do Deadly Nightshade next, if yeah. that's okay. So, so, the, 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 so Foxglove's got quite like a, oh, that's kind of a romantic yeah, kind of thing, yeah, but yeah. Deadly Nightshade. Deadly Nightshade, the um, clues in the title, Yeah, isn't it? it is. And, yeah. and I'm assuming that this is more poisonous than a Foxglove. Yeah, it is. So it's Latin name, Atropa Belladonna. Belladonna meaning beautiful lady. Belladonna. Belladonna, that's Which sounds right. less deathly. It does, yeah, yeah. When you put an Italian fake accent on it. Um, but it's very toxic. It's a herbaceous perennial. You find it in woodland scrub and it's actually a potato family. Um, the and entire isn't, plant... It, it, isn't that interesting? Yeah, that yeah. It's the same family as a food as, that yeah. feeds the world. Yeah. You know, in England, obviously, you know, that is one of our staple foods. Yeah, that's right. And but, to be so closely related yeah. to something that could kill us. Yeah, there's quite a few toxic plants in the in the potato family. But, but then you think, well, potatoes are very nutritious and I love potatoes in any form. But if you allow the light to get to potatoes to go green, you mm. shouldn't eat them because the toxics are building up. Yeah. And also on the plant leaves, sometimes they get like a, a small round, almost black potato-like yeah. thing. And that's highly those. toxic Is as it? well. Yeah. So that's potato family. It contains al uh, alkaloid atropa, which again causes rapid heartbeat. This is why it's dangerous to your heart. Hallucinations, paralysis of muscles, including your heart, um, severe um, blurred visions and slurred speech, sorry. Uh, severe headaches, seizures, coma, and eventual death. Now, there's only ingrown toenails and menstrual cramps missing from that line, isn't there? That's covered pretty much anything, isn't it? So for the plant world, you see why it's saying deadly, because the uh, symptoms from if you ingested deadly nightshade mm. um, are horrific. In fact, sometimes the symptoms are so awful, um, they sometimes add the um, toxins out of, in a, in a healthy way, to medicines, addictive painkillers to stop patients being addicted to tablets oh, really? yeah so um, some painkillers yeah yeah <gasps> some painkillers wow. you get addicted to because they have this addictive um um feel with them with this one because they make you feel so dreadful you wouldn't want to pop anything in your oh. mouth that makes you feel like that so That's although the painkillers are taken off your pain um, you're not going to get addicted because it's the sim symptoms from it are just so horrendous wow. so so that's interesting that is, that that is, is interesting good. Uh, Venetian ladies. Can they do that with chocolate, do you reckon? Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I should be saying yes, shouldn't I, really? Because I can't stop you eating it. a yeah. special kind of chocolate, which just makes you feel slightly <laughs> sicker than eating a full yeah, bar. Yeah, you know the uh, Cadbury's cream egg advert, how do you eat yours? Yeah. Mine's always been whole. <laughs> yeah. With a little uh, sprinkling of deadly nightshade. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Venetian ladies back in the time once used it as a skin blusher. Can you believe that? They used to pop it on the skin to, to bring to irritate the blood the skin. to the surface. No. Make them, yeah, honestly, it gets worse. They used to put the juice from belladonna in the eyes to, di oh. to dilate the pupils to make them look beautiful, which is where we get beautiful lady from belladonna, I know. No. So, yeah, look how beautiful my eyes look. I'll be blinded a fortnight, but, you know. And is that a toxic level of it then? Or did it just yeah, irritate yeah. it so much that it stimulated your cheeks I, and your eyes? Do you know what? I, I don't know how it worked, but the it was a well-known fact they used to drop um, drops of deadly nightshade in the eyes to dilate the, the pupils to make wow. them beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I once went to a talk by Chris Beardshaw and he said that um, witches used to put it on their broomsticks. I have read this. We yeah. won't go into that in any more detail. We'll leave that to your imagination. <laughs> I did wonder if you were going to finish that story. I'm yeah, but, glad you did um, but apparently, yeah, they used to witches used to live on the peripherals <laughs> of a village, um, and that was so. That wasn't because they were outcasts. That yeah. was just because they wanted to be near the hedgerows, yeah. which had all these, you know, kind of. Uh, ingredients in that they could make potions yeah. from and that was one of the things that yeah. apparently they used to do well yeah do you know 
it's same as anything. There's so so many things, isn't there? The, sorry, I've gone off pace. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's thrown you on it. Totally. it has, so, I'm thinking about what he was going to say about the witch's, the witch's broom. <laughs> and it's just, I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're not still filming, are you? <laughs> sorry. We're not cutting anything out. You're joking. No, carry Okay, on. do you want me to carry on? Yeah. <laughs> um, so in mythology, deadly nightshade was said to be the property of the devil um, and anyone eating the berries would be punished. In art and poetry, it represents danger and betrayal. So all through the, uh, you know, as far back as whenever, it's always had a, a meaning of something, deadly mm. nightshade, from knowing what it can do to people and things. Um, Atropa, from the word Atropos, is one of the three fates in Greek mythologies who snipped the string from from the person's life and they decided and dictated when the human's life would end just because they knew that it could kill people. So the Greek, oh. it was one of the, the um, one of the three fates. Um, Surely the quantity you eat depends on how quickly you die. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Again, it, don't let your children touch this in the woods, but if, if they happen to, to do wash your hands same mm. with adults not mm. just children uh, so basically treat this beautiful lady with the respect she deserves yes beautiful but another deadly. movie in that isn't oh it? absolutely i'm gonna start writing when i get yeah. home <laughs> the, whole, the whole like series <laughs> going on here <laughs> so what's the next one on your list then after deadly nightshade okay so lee i thought we'd do monkshood or wolfsbane okay. which is aconitum uh, all parts are toxic including the roots um, I think you've grown it, Lee. It's the purple. It's got a nice purple hood, hooded flower on it. Yeah, like like a monk's hood. Yeah. So yeah, the the flower is a bit like a delphinium, I suppose, isn't yeah, it? In yeah. that kind of the the way it grows, like a spike. And the reason I grew it was because you get a good amount of flower later on in the season. It's a very late flowering perennial. Yeah, good and if you've got delphiniums early on and you need that spike of colour, mm. then this is a great thing to grow. Um, I mean, I've I've pruned that and cut it for years and never been kind of mindful of that the level of toxicity. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I took it out maybe ten years ago because you freaked me out about yeah. it. But um, it is quite bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You must be the chosen one, Lee. You are <laughs> Either that or I was wearing gloves. <laughs> King Aconitum, um, because it can it can um, cause you harm if it seeps through your skin as well. Right. It's the Ranunculaceae family, so it's it's related to the uh, Larkspur and the um, Delphinium. Beautiful flowers, um, but the flower itself looks like a monkshood, which is kind of uh, insinuous in itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's one of the most toxic plants found in the UK. Is it? It is. is. It really? Yeah, yeah. It absolutely is. Uh, the toxins can cause slowing of the heart rate, proving fatal, paralysis of the nerves, and lowers blood pressure to a really low, dangerous level. Uh, and like I say, even contact can cause irritation of the skin, tingling and cardiac symptoms. So you, so you must be careful. Yeah. Um, you can buy it in garden centres. It will have a, a toxic on um, warning label. It needs a skull and crossbones on it the front, really, doesn't it? It needs a skull and crossbones, absolutely. It needs something. It needs to be in a cage, I think. But no, it's a beautiful plant. I don't actually grow it, although I, I do love it. Um, but again, people growing it, just be mindful. You uh, know, if you wear gloves, wash your hands. Don't let Same the children advice, play. Really, with it tears around things. everything. Is there, but has anyone actually again. ever died from it? Uh, yes, yes. I remember reading a story many years ago of um, a gardener that worked for a stately home. And he was working in the garden one day, a lovely summer's day. He'd got his T-shirt off and he's walking up and down the path, brushing past Aconitum. It sounds like a Mills and Boone. <laughs> yeah, not Mills and Boone. But when I said that, I got a picture of Paul Dock in my head, <laughs> siding the grass. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, let's not go there. Um, but bless him, he was walking constantly up and down the path with his wheelbarrow, brushing past a patch of aconite, mm. aconitums. And 
later that day, he went home, started to feel unwell. Eventually rushed to hospital and all his internal organs were starting to shut down. Oh. And he eventually died, bless him. And on the autopsy, um, they, they did this autopsy and then, and then questioned what was he doing throughout the day. And then they kind of figured out that it was the aconite. I mean, he'd been brushing past it, it seeped through his skin. Oh, yeah. I don't just mean once or twice. They always yeah. say that to the viewers. It was constantly brushing past. But again, be careful. Don't wear short sleeves and angling it. Wear mm. gloves, wash your hands. It's just common sense things, isn't it? But definitely don't let the children play around. This is yeah, one. Yeah. On, on the same par as laburnum, I would say, right. don't let the children play near yeah. it. Because, um, I mean, that, hands. again, is quite a common... Part. I mean, laburnum is much more <coughs> common than the monk's it, it hood, is, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. And the monk's hood's really probably going to be at the back of a border because it is quite tall. It so is, the chances yeah. of walking past that, you know, uh, it's not. it's not kind of... You know, going to be near the front of a board yeah. really is it yeah. but, it's um, just that awareness though isn't mm. it we, we, we children used to uh, I was like a little monkey I used to climb trees and run through scrubland and, and you know I'd get everywhere basically um, so if you've got children like that just, just be mindful yeah. of, of teaching them not to go near these plants yeah. just don't grow them is there you a know? comprehensive list of poisonous plants somewhere you know there people is, are worried then yeah, they can there go is. online there's lots of, of uh, websites as we talked in our house plant one uh, the RHS I think they're, they're the best ones yeah, to look at. I, I treat them as a, as a bible really yeah. um, but there's lots out there and if you're unsure just and you think you can't watch your children all the time you've got children that may want to eat plants. I'm, I'm sure they don't, but just be mindful. Don't grow yeah. them if, if yeah. it's going to be something that worries you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the monk's hood. Um, the ancient Romans used to use it as a, a method of execution. The It was used as a poison on the arrow tips to hunt, hunt wolves back in the oh. day. And it was believed to repel werewolves as well, believe it or not. Um, in 1856... At a dinner party in the Scottish village of Dingwall. I apologise if, if I've not pronounced that correctly. I'm so sorry. I'm still trying to talk my language properly. A servant had been sent outside to dig up a horseradish roots for the sauce. Instead, he uprooted Ooh. a yeah, monk's hood, aconitum root. Not knowing fully what it was. I took it back did. in. Well, handed it to the cook. Bless her, she didn't recognise it. <gasps> so happily grating it into the, the, the sauce to serve with the food. <gasps> Serve the food up to the the um, gentry, gentry and people, and there was two priests at the dinner party, and they died. They died of wow. it. The other guests didn't die, but they was really ill, really poorly. Bless them, and only rated them two on TripAdvisor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's uh, one to watch out for. So one of the most common poisons uh, with roots is through thinking it's horseradish. Wow. And and that's the same with lots of things, daffodil bulbs. The amount of people that have stored daffodil bulbs in yeah. the garages with with shallots and things like that, and then gone in there, fumed about, and really? chucked them in the stew. It's, it's, you've got me so. I know we're laughing, but it's, it's a joke. Does that actually yeah. happen? It does actually happen. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, you wow. wouldn't believe the stories I read. Sometimes I can't sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, well, label your yeah. onions. I That's think I'm going to check advice. them cornflakes tomorrow. I'm going <laughs> to thoroughly look. Are they cornflakes? <laughs> yes. Um, Mind so you, I've had some of your bacon, and um, I'm. Uh, let's not go okay, there. Let's not go let's there. Not go there. Uh, so where where so the source we've done that, and then in Greek mythology, uh, the deadly aconite is said to spring from the spit of the three-headed Cerberus as Hercules dragged it out of Hades. No, in Say that in English. So <laughs> I don't know if you're into your Greek mythology. No, Lee. clearly not. Um, so aconite, yep. aconite, the the um, 
toxins were said to spring from the spit of the three-headed Cerberus as Hercules dragged it out of Hades. Okay. If you're not into your Greek mythology, I do watch the films, but... Um, right. You've got a very them. vivid imagination. I have, yeah. but this is not me. This is not me. This has been wrote a film about this. So, yeah, so in Greek mythology, had a big part to play. So this is what I'm saying. They go back mm. from years and years ago with these... These plants, poisonous plants, have come through traditions and folklore. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. I, it blows my mind. It really does. Its reputation as being used in as witch's potion mm-hmm. uh, led it to a getting a mention in the, one of the Harry Potter films. Oh, I don't know if you watch Harry no. Potter. Are you a Harry no, Potter fan? No, I'm not a massive film buff, to be honest. I know, no. Oh, I do a nice Harry Potter film. Um, but Professor Snape uh, brews up a potion for Remus Lupin to turn him into a werewolf. So that's where it gets its reputation from, with the werewolf things, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, monkshood, that's a good one to grow. And even though I've said it's poisonous and blah, 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 I I am thinking about growing it. I think you should. I think you should get a little poisonous section in your garden. And do you know what? I think we should. I think we should, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a couple on the list, isn't it? I'll draw the line so of fungus because that freaks me out. your bacon, you're like, mm, mm. I'll just go try and, and make slice you a of er- 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 <laughs> er- bread with ergotism in it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's um, monk's hood. I think we've covered everything on there. Then. Yeah, cool. So yeah. next up, if that's okay with you, castor oil plant, ricinus. Ooh. We all know this plant, don't now, we? What I find unusual about this is that you go to any Victorian-style bedding scheme in a park. I mean, Harrogate yeah. is a is a prime yeah. example of this and on the roundabout in the middle of the roundabout there'll be these spruts of uh, foliage sticking up um and uh and dawn's just trashed a microphone oh, i'm so sorry i broke the microphone right. she once had a we, we once had a real christmas tree at our house well we, we have a real christmas tree on occasion um and we had this tree and it had been there for a good month um and and dawn came to visit us and she looked at this real tree, literally, she didn't even touch it, and 50% of its needles fell off on the ground. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had nightmares about that as well, and every time you used to invite me around, do you want me to stop? I'm so sorry, I don't know what's happened. <laughs> yeah, you've just broken the studio. Okay, have you finished trashing the studio? I finished yeah, trashing okay. the studio. Let's go then. As we were. Should we do the, start with the castor oil plant again then? Yeah, castor oil plant, which is Grissinus communis, which is, as you know, Lee, the Euphorbia family, another favourite family of mine. Mm. It's annual, tender, perennial, and um, you've more than likely seen this on council displays and on, on roundabouts and things. Yeah with bedding and a big ricinus coming out the middle. Yeah. Uh, have you ever used it, Lee? Um, no, we haven't, but we don't tend to use a lot of annual plants. Um, I think this one is, is great for a tropical border, mm. isn't it? If you're, growing, if you're growing kind of tropical yeah. plants and you want that lush tropical look, which is not particularly a style that we've been mm. asked to do a lot of. So I think for that kind of garden... I, I'm not a massive fan of the Victorian bedding schemes. I can mm. appreciate them, you know, in Harrogate Town Centre or whatever. But I think... They've kind of had the day. They need yeah. too much upkeep and maintenance. Yeah. They're, um, they're quick growing, that's a plus. If you want something yeah, to grow quickly, they do grow quite yeah. quickly. Yeah. I do prefer them to a quarter line stuck in the middle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, all parts are highly toxic, especially the seeds. And uh, the toxins are absorbed by the skin again. So this is another right. to be careful of wash your hands. The symptoms, um, if you come into contact, if, even if you ingest it, let's say. Mm. Difficulty breathing, coughing, vomiting, blood, fever... Flu-like symptoms, nausea, diarrhea, and eventually death. This sounded like me when I had COVID about three weeks ago. Yeah, Literally, yeah, yeah. I absolutely, I Maybe felt awful. Maybe you'd not awful. been wearing your gardening gloves. Well, I don't know, but I'm starting to question where my <laughs> castor oil plant went out of the back garden. That suddenly disappeared. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, they're awful symptoms again, aren't they? Um, 
There's no available treatments that I'm aware, and and also there's no antidotal vaccines for this. Well, you could use perennials. The, the, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely an antidote, an antidote, isn't it? Absolutely. But again, be careful with this around children, but just because the seeds, uh, you know, what the seeds are likely. Yeah. Uh, if children, they're want quite to big, pick aren't they? they quite, are, quite, yeah. quite, you know, a good size for um, a kid to pick up. I this suppose. is it. I think a, a child. Would might want to pick that and play conkers or something yeah. or whatever. So again, to be careful. They're not this quite one. that big, are they? They're not quite that big. We once so. had a packet for about five <laughs> years. I bought some from a um, a nursery and wanted to grow it when I was a lot a lot younger. And we had them in our fridge for about I don't know five, six, seven years. And then we moved house and the, the they were in a little Tupperware box, you know, yeah. in the top of the fridge where yeah. there's the little plastic door. Um, and every time. Uh, Paula opened it she'd be like what's this toxic label in here and I'd be like yeah don't you don't need to worry about that just don't eat it yeah. and it literally lived in there for years <clears throat> and then one day we were cleaning it out and I thought you know what I'm it's just gonna to go. I'm gonna yeah That's so I didn't germinate yeah. them for some reason I just mm. binned them um, they're more potent than cyanide really they are yeah they really are so you, maybe wow. you have to be careful so I wouldn't recommend putting them in the fridge as sensible no, as you are no. you. <laughs> excuse me um so basically ricin is a, a um a protein which is derived from the beans of the castor oil plant. So you get you get your castor oil, right. don't you? And it goes through a process. Also used in the production of, of castor oil and break and a hydraulic fluid constituent oh, as really? well. So that's quite interesting. Um, the poison acts by preventing cells from making protein. And if the body can't make proteins, they eventually die, uh, causing vital organs to fail and, and causing death. Right. So um, I don't know if you remember Lee, your tender age. I'm old, but 1917. 1978 on the news. No, I wasn't even born. Well, that's just made me feel even <laughs> a whole bunch older. Thank you for that. In 1978, the uh, on the news, there was the infamous Umbrella Murder. I don't know. Does, oh, have you heard of that? No, but it sounds intriguing. So in London, um, I'm going to look at his name on here because I've wrote it down. I always forget. A, a BBC journalist, mm. uh, forgive the pronunciation, George I. Markov, okay. um, stood at the bus stop at the Waterloo Bridge, London. Mm. Uh, stood waiting obviously for a bus and he felt a sharp jab in the back of his thigh mm. as he spun round he saw a gentleman bending down picking an umbrella up mumbling his apologies and, and ran off mm. um, and then uh, the next day he started to feel quite unwell sweating and feeling basically ill um, rushed to the hospital again and again his organs started failing he was having trouble speaking throwing up blood and then eventually died bless him in hospital uh, there was an autopsy done by pathologists and they found uh, hemorrhages in almost every organ in his body. Ooh. And also they found a small puncture in the back of his thigh. Wow. When they had looked, there was a oh. tiny pellet in the back of his leg, which was uh, laced with ricin. Wow. Um, now to this day, there's aspects of who did it, yeah. who didn't do it, uh, but nobody's been brought forward and tried, right. trialed for there's this. another Netflix series. Another Netflix series. I can see it now. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. Uh, who would you have it? Who would you... Judy Dench has got to be in there, surely to God. She'd be in the office, wouldn't she? Like, would she? she would be dishing out the jobs for people as like kind of a cue, wouldn't she? Don't know who'd be <clears> the matron. <throat> but you, all you need um, to do potential harm with ricin is um, something the size of a, a grain of salt. Sorry, I just nearly just sneezed. Had a I've sneeze been holding, sneeze, like. holding that for <laughs> half an hour nearly. I'm so glad it's not just me. I've been holding coughs in and, and everything. So I do apologise to the listeners. Um, yeah, so something just the size of a, a grain of salt is enough to potentially wow. do some real harm. Yeah, so Scary. it's quite bad. Yeah, um, there's been talks of um, chemical warfare used with these. Where 
um, I don't want to be political. I don't want to go into too, th- okay. too much things. Like, but, but yeah, but yeah so it's a, it's a bad one. However, dodgy one. it is grown on most roundabouts in Victorian it villages. It is, in yeah. Victorian it towns. looks beautiful from afar, doesn't yes. it? But, yes. uh, Maybe um, there's a reason they use it on roundabouts and not actually in the parks. Could be, just because could be. it's kind of like... Well, I've, I've seen it in parks, actually. Mm. Isn't it mad? Because... You know, there's children and dogs, and yeah. you know, and but people just generally don't eat it. They don't, you know? but so this it's... goes back to the thing, doesn't it? I mean, a child's more likely to want to go on the roundabouts and the swings and the yeah. bobbies, as we call them, than go and uh, licorice in a seed, yeah, you know. True. Uh, and again, would it taste? I've never tasted one. <laughs> would it taste bitter? Probably, probably taste yeah, hor- yeah. horrific because that's yeah. our way, our body's way of saying, you know, don't swallow this. It's not a yeah. Kit Kat, it's not a cream egg. Don't I guess also it. the plant doesn't want to be eaten, so the poisonous part of the plant, you know. Know, that that is like a secondary thing isn't yeah, it to yeah. say look don't eat me i've told you once i taste yeah. foul you because you're persisting with a nibble so if you do persist you just sound then like I'm gonna my giraffe and i've given his tea <laughs> <laughs> please stop bringing this to me it's my body's worst i don't want to eat this anymore <laughs> i've seen the sausages that you prepare for your husband he likes them well done it's called yes. caramelization that's mm. what i like to call it when there's black smoke coming off the oven it's called caramelization yeah. carcinogenic i'd say <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm going to invite you for tea tonight, don't you, Link? Well, we're having nettle soup. Nettle soup. Do you know that's what a link? I see oh, what you I did like there. That. I see what you did there. So, the last one I was going to do, if this is okay with you, is the stinging nettle, Urtica dioica. This always makes me laugh because the Latin <laughs> name is usually something unrememberable, yeah. but this one's like Urtica. Urtica. It hurts. So, yeah, Urtica, um, it's, it's Latin name, I think, is it's burning, isn't it? Or something like it's. And you get um, which would make sense. You get um, something called urtica in the medicinal world, where you get hives, itchy hives. Is that uh, urtica? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure uh, listeners could correct me on that, but yeah, I'm sure some people. Sounds like someone something. from Sheffield saying about her heart. <laughs> urtica, <laughs> urtica's gone. <laughs> <laughs> you blow me away. You're so funny. Yeah, I'm sure it means that. So I think it means burning, and, and you can get something called uh, itchy burning hives. Uh, so delicate, tiny, hollow hairs uh, are made out of silicon, which is the same thing on the leaves. Yeah, you know those little stings uh, on yeah, them. Yeah, they're made out of silicon. They're hollow, like hypothermics, oh. if you like, uh, which same as things that's glass made out of. And so they're you, like little glass needles. Little glass hypodermics, Ooh. absolutely. So when you brush past a nettle. I brush past it again. What it does, it it breaks the tops off them, and then the the nettle releases its histamines. It's um yeah no, it's vile Evil. under your skin, which causes you a rash and itching and yeah. So that's how that works. Um, but again, these contain. The, I tell you what they contain. I've got it written here: tartaric acid, which is a muscle toxin, right. oxalic acid, and formic acid, which is found in as you know, ant stings and bee stings. Mm. So that explains when you have a nettle rash, you feel yeah. it's horrendous, isn't it? It's very clever that a plant <clears throat> would have such an aggressive um, yeah. defence mechanism. Yeah. So how come you can eat it in soup then? I think when you, if you was to simmer it in hot water or, or have it steep it in whatever you do, yeah. it, the, the air, silicon airs would dissolve, I would imagine. Um, right. And the toxins uh, dissipate. I'm, I'm assuming. I've is never it, made is it maybe it's not the stinging nettle that you use for nettle soup. Is there a different no, kind of nettle? No, I think it nettle, is. is I, it? I'm pretty sure. Again, the listener's probably Dodgy. screaming down saying it's not that one. <laughs> but yeah, I think it is a stinging nettle. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm assuming as you, as you cook it, the toxins and things dissipate. Because there's a saying, isn't there, about <coughs> grasping the nettle? I was going to, yeah, I was going to okay. Sorry, I've just stolen ne- your no, thunder. No, it's okay, Lee. It's okay. <laughs> you are right. Grasp the nettle comes from Rather than go pussyfooting around an issue, like going and gently stroking a nettle, which the ears break off a stinger, grasp the nettle and it does less damage. It doesn't cause right. you pain. And, and right. that's 
where the saying comes from, go in at something full on, don't pussyfoot round, go in, grasp the nettle, yeah. it comes from. Stole my thunder, but moving on. <laughs> uh, also in it, histamine and serotonin. So now these are found naturally in the body and they're, they're known as happy hormones. How can anything be in a nettle to cause you so much severe pain be produced in your body called as a happy hormone? Anyway. So, yep. so you're not saying that when we get stung, it makes us excited? No, it, no, no. I'm just saying in, in some, um, probably in a lesser amount or something, it's, right. it's, um, it's in our own bad bodies naturally. Right. But they do do call it happy. Home. I swear I've heard nettles <coughs> laugh at me before when I've, you know, when I've brushed past them, I'm trying to <laughs> pull it out. Sucker. And they're like, ah, oh, we got you. <laughs> Having you, yeah, got I'm your staying number. Here. Causes tingling and painful rash, as we all know. Um, as a, as a, uh, nipper, I regularly be going home after. I For our southern a, listeners, that's a small child. A small child. Yeah. Um, I used to be um, a bit of a tomboy, as you probably can tell. I used to hang around with my brothers and go scrumping and 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 running through nettle patches. Dog leaves is what I'm coming around to. So I'd very often go in with green elbows and knees, <laughs> where I'd been rubbing forever. So oh God, my knees are hurting, rubbing, grabbing dog leaves on them. But then um, calamine lotion you can use. But the other uh. thing is, they say pee on your sting. Um, but I well, it depends I'm, where your sting is, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because that um, might be quite tricky. <laughs> I was never very good at gymnastics, so I went with the dog leaf. And to this day, I'll stick with the dog leaf. Thank you. Maybe if the dog's peed on the dog leaf and then you you kind of rub that on, maybe that's why it works. Maybe that's where it comes from. Because I don't think the dog leaf thing works. I think that's a load of Do you know, garbage. Is it is it one of these things where you think it works so it does? Uh, uh, what's the name called when well, you maybe like the juice of something cold like mm. like a dock leaf makes you psychologically think you've done it but i i literally tried it and just think that don't yeah work. what's the thing called where you try something tell placebo. you it works. placebo that's the word i'm looking for placebo is it the maybe. placebo effect of the dock leaf i don't know but as a, as a child it's meant to work for me but i was stained green all over you were quite gullible though weren't you, I was you still are I still am i still are <laughs> as you know <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's, but also uh, it has its uses. It's very useful. Oh, is natural. this going to get onto the kinky Romans? Is that where we're going with this? I don't know if they're kinky, but we'll move into that shortly. Wowly. I don't know what you've been reading. I, I well swear I don't. Chris Beardshaw taught that once when, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're saying I've got an imagination. Wow. <laughs> so it's used as a blood purifier, is what I was going to say. And oh. it also mild laxative. So if you have oh. problems in the bathroom department, extremely high in vitamin C, also iron and mineral. So if you can look up books where you can make nettle tea. Mm. It's really good for you. Really, mm. really high in vitamin I'm C. I'm thinking that's going to taste foul. Oh, it will. It will. Um, you'd probably wash it down with a, a drink of deadly nightshade juice <laughs> just just for the, the fun Not. of it. That was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke, definitely. Um, <laughs> we'll have health and safety onto it. Like, <laughs> you can't say that. Steeped in water. It's You know you've done this. It's a fantastic fertiliser, high in nitrogen. Yes. It stinks horrendous. It so put That's why I'm thinking the it. tea's going to be minging. Yeah, put a lid on it. Yeah, I don't think you'd steep it for several months before okay, drinking okay. it. Though, so it might be different. <laughs> but yeah, this is fantastic. Um, so steeped in water, a couple of bricks on top. Put a lid on it because of the smell. And it's very high in nitrogen. You'd have to water it down with water. It's good in nitrogen. If you went with um, comfrey, symphytum, mm. that's high in potassium. Yeah. So your gar back garden, you don't have to buy a product off the shelf to feed and, and things. Your rhubarb leaves, steep those, boil them up. Insecticide. 
pesticide. Absolutely fantastic. So look around your garden. But that's another podcast, isn't that it? That is. I feel like she's lining herself up for another invitation. Do you know, I have to do this because you never bruises. willingly offer me back. So I have to le- lead the viewers into it. There's going to be another one. Then you feel like you have to if ask If you want to back, send us a message on our Instagram. <laughs> no swear words, please. Now, the Romans, you talked about the Romans. I don't know about this kinky stuff you're going on about, but they used to beat themselves. Is this what we're going? They used to beat themselves um, to stop rheumatism. If people had rheumatism years ago, they used to beat themselves with nettles because it was said to... I don't know if the sting took the mind off the phone, <laughs> but they're saying it actually worked. I don't... I have really? um, rheumatism in my and arthritis in my hands. I'm not going to try that. But if any listeners do decide to try of your own will, I'm not saying do this, <laughs> please let us know how you get on. As soon as the stinging stops in your hands, get on that keyboard and send us something. So I heard that the reason that roads are the width that they are is because the Romans used to stand in a, in a kind of a line um, and then the Roman at one end and the one at the other end would have a bag of nettle seeds oh and they'd sprinkle them they down yes, the sides of yes. the road. And basically, well, it wasn't a road then, was it? It was just field. Um, but then when they germinated, they would denote the edges of the road. And that's why... All around England, mm. we have, have nettles, nettles growing yeah. in the hedgerows. That's like, that is at the, they say that's how they came to this country. That's they? not the kinky bit, though, that's because I heard that when they had dinner parties and that, you know, you, they used to wear them weird sandals, didn't they? And yeah. like a little skirt or something. And, and they used to um, get young boys to whip their bare legs with nettles to warm their, warm. warm their feet yeah, and legs yeah, up. Yeah. The, that's this, just weird. Yeah, I don't know if it's... But yeah, I've, I've, that's what I was going to lead on to when they used to walk over it. Because the climate... They used to bring them with them because they heard that the British climate was so cold and damp and, and miserable. This not me. I love this country. This is what the Romans were led to believe. Right. Um, and they used to bring nettles with them to whip themselves to keep warm on the, on the no. journeys over it. So if you're cold and you had arthritis, get that nettle out and start with it. Do you know, I, I do think, because most of the time when you, you kind of get stung by a nettle, it's generally in the summer, isn't it? Mm. When they're in leaf mm. and they, they, you know, you're gardening. Yeah. I wonder if next time you've, you're really, really cold, Dawn, this is a little idea for you. <laughs> oh, next God. time you're really cold and, and, you know, we've got the cost of living crisis and all that. <laughs> Instead of putting the heating on, just whip outside and give yourself a little thrashing yeah. with the nettle and see what yeah, happens. Yeah, absolutely. Turn that heating <laughs> off and go and roll around in that nettle patch. Just avoid the deadly nightshade and you'll be fine. I think I'm going to give that a miss. I'm going to turn my heating up. But okay. to quickly round it off, I was just going to say, uh, the, apparently the Germans used to make uniforms with nettles also because there was a shortage on cotton. Ooh. But in medieval times... Then did on a lighter note, they used to make beer, nettle beer. Oh, now that, if we're going to experiment on anything, I think that's put me down for That's that where you're going, yeah, rather than nettle tea. Oh, <laughs> Dawn, as usual, we've run out of time, but it has been an absolutely amazing podcast, I think. I, do you know what? I love listening to you at now. I'll just lay in bed and listen to this podcast. Oh, is that is that weird? Um, but a little just, bit. That, that, <laughs> you're just so insightful and <laughs> just you, little you. stories and how thank you tell you. them. I love it. It makes me laugh. Um, I just want to say, I'm going to look on my phone here because I got this wrong last time. You can listen to the other podcasts on Spotify, Apple and YouTube and follow us on Instagram at The Northern Designer or you can look us up on LinkedIn. Thank you so much, Dawn. It looks like you're going to be coming back. Thank but until you. next time, bye-bye. Bye. She didn't have any <coughs> to plug, she didn't, she didn't do it. I do Facebook, but... I, I um, did ask. Yeah.